0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, February the 5th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, embargo, which means a prohibition especially against commerce embargo. hope everyone is enjoying their Tuesday uh, beginning of the work week. We are at the beginning of the work week. We are at the beginning of the work week. Well, second day in and uh, weather here in North Carolina, uh, rain, rain and rain, rain and some cool temperatures at night. And and that's probably why uh, better to err on the side of caution. That's why there was a two hour delay. For school today, certain places, you know, those uh, in those rural areas, their roads can get pretty bad or out in the county, I should say. And it looks like we're going to warm back up, though, going to warm back up and then temperatures going to drop off again uh, <laughs> around Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. Next Monday. But uh, yeah, the temperatures are supposed to rise up. Uh, the latter part of this week, uh, I believe, start tomorrow, Thursday, you to get in the 50s and 60s. Hey, maybe we'll see some 70s too. Who knows? <laughs> Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened as of late. We we can all relate to. And uh, man, what's going on in the NFL? Now, you know, if you remember, I, I talked to you guys about where they had that firing Monday of NFL coaches. And one of them was uh, uh, Flores from Miami. And everyone was left scratching their heads trying to figure out why you would fire a coach that had uh, at least two winning seasons may not have made the playoffs but they had a winning record nonetheless and they were starting to look good but all of a sudden abruptly he was fired we may know why now because he has came out and he's called into play and in to question the hiring practices of the NFL teams and uh, as it relates to black coaches it even has gone as far as say uh, black general managers and owners. And another thing that came out, and, and this is, if this is true, uh, it's not about race to me. But if this is true, uh, snatch that ownership away from that owner of the Miami Dolphins because what he said was that he was offered and flat out told that he to, to lose games and he would receive a, a substantial payment for losing games. Taking the season so you could get a first-round draft pick. Now, we've all heard of teams doing this. A lot of teams do it in, in, in a lot of sports. They'll take the season to get a first-round pick. Nothing too uh, off about that. But the payment part, that's totally off. Totally unacceptable, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe it works with other people. I, I don't think he was the first owner, possibly, allegedly, that did this. There might have been quite a few. Like I said, we've always heard of these uh, coaches and these teams uh, taking the season to get one of those first-round draft picks, whether it be football, baseball, or whatever, what have you. That's nothing new. But to hear that there might possibly have been a payment arrangement, now we know why he was fired. At least we can strongly speculate, because if that's true, yeah, he, need, he, he don't need to be the owner. He don't need to be the owner of anything, not even a little, little league, pop Warner. Good Lord. Ugh guess you want it. If you want it, you want it. And, uh, let's move on. Also, uh, man, the battle of the blues happened this weekend, Saturday evening, to be exact and UNC lost Those Heels. they, they lost to, uh, Duke. Now this was coach K's, uh, last time in the Dean E Smith center. Of course, you know, he's retiring at the end of the year and he came away with a 20 point victory. Just did. But by the way, Duke lost last night to, uh, Virginia, <laughs> 69, 68. Yeah, I'm not a Duke fan. Uh, Duke, Cowboys, Green Bay, their fan base is just a little too much for me. They're very aggravating. And, yeah, when these Duke fans, especially when they beat UNC, you, you, you can't shut them up. <laughs> you just can't. They come out of the woodworks just for that, that old uh, tobacco road rivalry. But I remember the original Tobacco, bowl, t- tobacco Road rivalry being uh, UNC and NC State. Duke came along later, and, of course, they took it over. But, yeah, I remember the old Tobacco Road rivalry that UNC and NC State. Those were some good games. Good games. Good games. And, and, hey, Duke and UNC still are some good games. So we'll see what happens when they meet up again, because uh, next time I believe that, well, they're going to be playing at uh, Duke, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. UNC is going to have to travel here to Durham. <laughs> well, we'll see. And also another thing that came out of that, uh, the bonfire, that's that's a part of that, that rivalry also. The students and fans get together and they build a bonfire. But uh, quite possibly uh, officials are saying those that started that bonfire are going to face some charges changing everything around, I guess, COVID restrictions. I know that was the thing a couple years ago when they played and they they, they they started a little fire. As soon as they started, the officials came out and put it out. So it's I guess it's because of COVID protocol. And that leads right into this next story because what they're saying now, the numbers are looking so good. The numbers are looking so well that there are quite possibly a lot of school districts, some states, have already lifted their mask mandates for uh, indoor and if you're vaccinated. But now there's a lot of school districts. See What, what happened here in North Carolina is, uh, I, I want to say every month, the school board, when they meet at their regular meetings, they look at their mask mandates to see if they can quite possibly relax them or or be done away with them altogether. And it looks like that's what they're going to be doing this week. A majority of the school boards uh, here in North Carolina, they're going to be uh, looking into Relaxing those mask mandates for the kiddies. Now, like I said, some some of the bigger states that have been hammered hard with uh, COVID, they're already uh, relaxing, or, or they're flat out saying they're they're going to relax their uh, mask mandates and for indoor, as long as you're vaccinated or whatever, what have you, are going to let you take your mask off. Like I said, the numbers are dropping, so let's, we'll just have to wait and see, and we hope we're doing it right this time. Because, you know, when we did it last time, it may have been a a, a bit too premature because the numbers went right back up. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, a lot of places are are saying, hey, we want to California for one. You know, California was hit pretty hard. And they're quite possibly looking into uh, relaxing those mask mandates. I mean, hell, the governor already did, <laughs> Governor Newsom. You know, he caught flack for that picture with Magic Johnson at that L.A. uh, Rams-San Francisco game. Took a picture, took several pictures, actually, without a face mask on. He said, hey, I just took it off to take the picture. Okay, Governor, they've already tried to recall you, and here you go. (laughs) Here you go again. (laughs) All around the mulberry bush. Man, what's wrong with you, bro? All right. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. All right, let's go get it. I wanted to talk to you guys this morning uh, as a part of Black History Month. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys this morning about a country in Africa, Liberia. Now, Liberia sits, let's uh, I, just I say it sits at the bottom of that horn of Africa. It sits between Sierra Leone, and I hope I'm not butchering this next Country. It sits uh, it's between Sierra Leone and Côte d'Ivoire. Côte d'Ivoire. I hope I said that right. And, and, and it was founded. Now, a lot of people may not, or uh, maybe they have heard, but may not know that it was founded in 1822 by uh, freed American slaves and some Caribbean slaves also. So as of January 7th of uh, last month, it's celebrating its two hundred year of freedom. It's bicentennial, bicentennial celebration. And that's going to run from January 7th to uh December the 10th of this year. Now, if if you're saying to uh yourself, well, how did all this happen? Free slaves, how in the world did they get all the way over to the continent of Africa? Well, The fifth president of the United States, President Monroe, helped facilitate the transition. And now, there was a big debate along this time when um, it it started right before the slaves were freed or right after. Somewhere uh, around there, there was a debate about, you know, like pretty much here in the United States, if you want to free the slaves, what are you going to do with them? Uh, I mean, are you you going to allow them to... uh, Coming to, uh, I guess, general society or, or here in the United States, and then there also came up. Uh, well, what about those that don't want to be here in the United States anymore? They want out. So what happened? Somehow, some way, there was a land purchase, and and I'll be doing a part to this because when I was doing the research for this celebration of Liberia, I did find out how that land actually came to be. There was a land purchase of two sailors. And somehow, some way, uh, the United States got involved and said, "Hey, for those freed slaves that no longer want to stay in the United States, which is understandable, you guys can migrate to Liberia." So President Monroe helped facilitate that uh, deal, and that's also where the the capital name of Liberia comes from—Monrovia uh, comes from President Monroe. Now, Liberia uh, it did gain its full full independence in 1847. It was incorporated or, or founded in 1822, but uh, almost 20 some odd years later, it finally got its full independence. And, and in the early years, the country still kept still kept uh, close ties to the United States. In fact, they wanted the United States to incorporate them, or however you say that, a word that, into an actual part of the United States. But the United States said no. But they did guarantee or agree to keep a, I guess you would call it a big brother close Protective shield around them as much as they could. <laughs> okay, um, like I said, the early years that they, they still kept a tie with the U.S., um, but by the end of the eighteen uh, hundreds, seventeen thousand freed slaves went back. They 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 made their way back seventeen thousand. Freed slaves, made their way back. Now, the Bicentennial Steering <clears throat> Commission has came up with uh, what they, they're saying is four key themes to this celebration. And, and, and the keys are, number one, first, they want to celebrate Liberia as the country chosen by free people to call home after years of servitude in the United States and, like I said, some from the Caribbean. Signifying strength and hope. Yeah, I give you that. That was. During those times, that was something that really stuck out. You have to admit. Now, the second part is uh, they, they're they encouraging and, and rallying Liberians and other people about uh, Black freedom, nationhood, and self-governance. Like I said, they eventually gained their independence in 1844. It was 1847. Came over there with little or nothing. They had to learn. And and, and that had to be, a, 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 I got to say, that had to be an uneasy feeling, even though you, you, they possibly were were excited. But it still had to be an uneasy feeling to once again being, or, or this time, unlike before, being snatched from your homeland to actually go back to a new homeland, which you're hoping to be a homeland that you really don't know anything about. You haven't been there in years. You don't know the culture, the the the, the understandings of of not only that where you're going, but the, the countries around you. That couldn't have been an easy feat, but it was accomplished. So it does show self government, the, the ability for strength and hope, and, and self governance also. Mm-hmm. Now the third is, of course, it wants to bring forth since uh, Liberia's inception into uh, statehood. It stood with Africa and pan-Africanism. Now, pan-Africanism is the principle or advocacy of the po- political union of all indigenous people of Africa. Once again, unite everyone. Now, pan-Africanism has, uh, of course, gotten has caught flack over the years. A lot of people were uncertain for whatever reason. But uh, it, it was just something that African nations got together and said, hey, we want everyone to be included in this so we can become a world power. Now in 1959, to, to solidify this, there's what is called, I hope I don't butcher this one as well. Work with me here, folks. Santa Quel conference that was held by Liberia, Guinea, and Guyana. Now this paved the way for the start of the organization of African unity, OAU. But as now we know it as the AU. Now, Throughout the years, and, and 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 if you guys can remember, uh, around early 2000, somewhere around there, there was a, a civil war in Liberia. I remember that. So it, it's a country like anywhere else. Even though you know, you may be saying, "Well, we, well, the United States had a civil war." There's always civil wars in in countries or places where people aren't happy, or they feel that they're not being heard, or, or their opinion isn't being acknowledged. So there was a civil war some time ago. I remember that. <laughs> I do. But despite all of that, they elected their first woman's woman woman president also. I remember that. Now, uh like I said at the beginning, uh, a lot of people may not know wh- where Liberia is. I probably never even heard of it. Because I got to be quite honest with you. I first heard of Liberia some years ago, and I'm a grown man. So some uh, about 10, 15 years ago, maybe, I first heard of Liberia. Uh, as I told you earlier in the podcast about as it, Black history as it relates to me, uh, self, uh, self-education, going out, digging and learning and, and researching and learning things for yourself, I stumbled on Liberia actually from uh, reading about Marcus Garvey. Now, Marcus Garvey came on uh, 40 some odd years after they had finally gained their independence. And if you know Marcus Garvey, he was the one that was promoting for uh, American blacks to go back to Africa. And somehow, some way, of course, you know, he knew about Liberia. He had got in touch with the uh, heads of state there, and they were going to bring black Americans back to Liberia. Now, how were they going to do this? Uh that's where that black star line comes from. Those ships, that's how they were go- we were going back. But he had set up a deal because one of uh, Liberia's natural resources is the rubber plant. Now he had set up a deal, so he thought, of course, with the Liberian government at that time that he was going to bring people back and he had also set up, he had been instrumental in setting up a deal with uh, Firestone, you know, Firestone tires, rubber, Their natural resource is that rubber plant. So he has set up a deal to help facilitate a deal where they were going to create some commerce and trade. And somehow, some way, they X them out of the deal. And when they X them out of the deal, Liberia went with Firestone, who offered them more money. I can't get mad at him. Uh, It's just business. It just is. So, of course, you know, Marcus Garvey was upset and he uh, couldn't go to Liberia. There was only a select pe- amount of people they were allowing in. But, yeah, that's how that, that uh, deal with, with Firestone, where they get their rub. Back then, they got their rubber from uh, Liberia. The rubber tree, the rubber plant is one of the, uh, Liberia's natural resources. So how that's how they were able to get some uh, uh, economic commerce flowing in there country. A lot of people say, well, they they stabbed Marcus Garvey in the back. Yeah, they did. They did. They just did. That's just a part of history. That's just business. But like I said, I was a grown man when I found out about Liberia and it still fascinates me. It just does. Uh, Never heard of it. (laughs) Never heard of it in school or just in general conversations, talking with uh, people. Never heard of it. Until, like I said, I I was there sitting there reading about Marcus Garvey and that came up. Um, That is a part of history. It just is. And, and, you know, like I said before, if you're going to talk about critical race theory and teaching it, that's a part that you need to also include in that. Yeah, Marcus Garvey, he he got railroaded pretty good (laughs) from Firestone. Of all companies, <laughs> it just did. That's a part of that critical race theory that I'm wondering if they're going to tell the whole tale. Just tell it, tell it all. Are are you going to be selective? I don't mean to, to keep bringing that up, but I keep hearing about it, and and, and I'm wondering. Okay, if you guys, like I said, if you're going to tell uh, teach critical race theory, you have to tell uh, the whole tale, and this is the whole tale of Liberia. Liberia and Marcus Garvey and Firestone. That's a tale. That's history. It's not a tale. It's history. I'm sorry. When I say tale to tale, I, I'm just being facetious, I guess. <laughs> tale to tale. It is. It it certainly um, Liberia certainly does show strength despite all that it has gone through. Despite its struggles early on. Because I'm going to be doing a part two. Because I, I like I said I just found it, find it very interesting about Liberia because I want to dig a little, little deeper into Liberia. So before Black History Month is out, we're going to be talking about Liberia again. Like I said, grown man, never heard of it a day in my life. Till about 10 or 15 years ago. Met a few people from Liberia, even, even around that time when I first uh heard about it. They weren't, uh, they really weren't too forthcoming at uh, t- saying anything or telling anything I, for whatever reason. I don't know. I just don't know. But uh, yeah, there was and is a country in Africa that was founded by freed slaves. And their flag, man, and when I said their flag and how they wanted to keep close ties are a close connection to the united states when you see their their flag it's a uh, one star and six uh red and white stripes does look familiar to the united states flag it does so you can see that the, the hand of the united states in their uh structure they are a democracy like I said, they elected their first woman's, uh, woman president years ago. That's a first. The United States still hasn't done that. And she was a pretty good president because I can remember when she was elected and she was elected right around the time when that civil war was going on. And man, I think she handled it pretty well. Uh, like I said, we'll be digging and in, into some more from uh, uh, more about Liberia and I'll be talking about that civil war. Because I can remember uh, seeing it on the TV. Of course, you know that those major news outlets, they were all over it. (laughs) They were all over it. And I remember one scene, man, it was a female. There was a female. (laughs) She jumps out the truck and and she licks off shots from her AK or whatever. And she motions back to the man. Come on. (laughs) I'm sorry. Hey. That's what I remember. So they they are uh, some fearless people and strong willed and strong mind, despite what they've been through and to still be around 200 years later and be productive because I, I'm going to be talking about that also because they are, uh, they are quite productive. They aren't just sitting there. They are self-sufficient and self-sustaining. So if you're thinking that yeah, there's another country just no, 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 no they are pretty self-sufficient and self-sustaining. They just are. Yeah, I thought that was a a good thing for Black History Month because like I said, they were celebrating their independence. And and, and 200 years, I said, wow, that's that's remarkable. Because I'm quite sure, like I said, when they first got the idea that they were going to start sending freed uh, uh, slaves and Caribbean slaves back to Liberia, there was a lot of people that were saying, well, the United States really shouldn't get involved in it. Uh, Where were were they going to go? I mean, if they were saying, hey, we don't want to be here anymore, we want to go back, and and somehow, some way you facilitated a deal that there was a piece of land there in Africa, I mean, send them back or let them go back. Not send them back. Let them go back. And that's exactly what happened. I, I I wonder, and dare I say, like I said, it couldn't have been an easy thing to go back to a continent, let alone a country, but an, an entire continent that you don't know. And you may be saying, well, they were they were bought here like that. Yeah. And they were supposed to be going back to their homeland, but yeah. And they hadn't been there for a while. There were a lot of um, nuances, dare I say, that that were there that they probably couldn't relate to. I can I can only imagine what they were feeling or what they were thinking on once again in a new land, on a new land that they knew nothing about. You're saying when well, they were free slaves. A lot of those free slaves, they had been here for years. They knew nothing about the continent of Africa. They certainly didn't know anything about that new land, but they knew that they had to get back there. They wanted to get back there. Strong will, strong mind. Just off, I mean, hey, hats off to them. I, I don't know if I could have did it. I'm sure there were many restless and sleepless nights, and it couldn't have been too couldn't have been done too well. Although, you know, you, you read the story or you read the articles, and it makes it seem so grand and the transition, and and they romanticize it, but the actuality of it is. Uh, dare I say that wasn't an easy feat to complete, and to continue and stick with, just couldn't couldn't have been. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Hey, next time you're riding around, you guys go get some tires, <laughs> get some firestones. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't call it. Get you some firestones. <laughs> Yeah, Firestone came in and undercut Marcus Garvey. Couldn't complete his uh, task of his a uh, uh, pigri- pilgrimage pilgrimage back to the motherland. <laughs> Just couldn't. Oh man, uh, I don't mean to laugh. Let me stop. Let me stop. This that that's very serious. But that's how that deal went down with Firestone and Liberia. That's how they were able to generate some uh, some money, put some money into their economy. And build on a, their infrastructure or whatever, and make them a voice and 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 some sit somewhere at the table on the continent of Africa as a a decision maker. Because, like I said, when they held that conference back in fifty five or whatever, fifty five or fifty nine, they were there with uh, Guyana, Guinea, and and that spurred what we know as the African Union. So, with that, it's heartless and and conniving as it was, that backstabbing or, or turn around or reach around with with Firestone and Garvey that quite possibly helped them. Just did. Just did, just did. Well, that's all for me today and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response and I would love to hear your voice so offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.